Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And today we have on Connor McDonald, who you might know from, well, he used to do Vines, which he's, isn't something he mentions in his interview, but they're very I, I good. I did not know this, actually. And you should look them up. But uh, he's also just generally a, an amazing person and a very funny, funny man. And he, in attempt to bring the most abstract topic onto the show, <laughs> brought uh, the topic of finishing collections, which for me begs the question to you, Anne, what's a weird collection that you have? I think uh, that's that's such a broad category for me, unfortunately, because I, like, I, I was a collector even when I was a kid. Like when I was two or three, I used to bring like pieces of gravel into the house and collect rocks. <laughs> So I think I've had that impulse for a very long time. So I have some antique uh, Japanese um, sword fittings, katana fittings from samurai swords. Mm-hmm. Like just, the, just the fittings? Just the fittings. Just okay. the metal part, yeah. No, no actual sword. It's a lot easier to get the fittings. Um, I have... I have dolls. I have a bunch of McDonald's toys. I, I yeah. I, I I tend to just anything that comes into my possession, which is a great many things, tends to stay with me indefinitely. <laughs> this may be why I wound up with a dragon theme for the show a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really is a dragon's horde of stuff. No, I think I'm I'm to some extent the same way, except that I feel like my vice is is usually like now it's like enamel pins. And most recently, it well, it was those like plush Tsum uh, Tsum things, which yeah, are like, yeah. if you don't know what those are, folks, look them up. They're adorable. But now they're specifically <laughs> uh, Donald Duck ones because I just like how they look. The Donald I Duck ones too. <laughs> especially are very cute. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm a dragon, but with cute things. So basically, it's just like, what if that's cute? It's mine now. And so my collections are vague and endless and terrifying. Um, but yeah, I think we really get into sort of the, the broader topic, but also kind of the, I don't want to say impulses, because that sounds a little weird, but just like the underlying feeling. Motivation. Yeah, that surrounds collecting. Um, and I think it's a really cool conversation that we ended up having. With significantly more character voices than I expected, which was delightful. <laughs> yes. So without delay, we'll get to that right now. So yeah, Connor, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. I'm not being held against my will or anything. It's the best kind of conversations that I like to have. <laughs> and you were not paid to say that or you weren't fed a script. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not being paid to say that. Uh, yeah, I'm still happy to be here. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, if you could just uh, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about, I'm so about sorry. what you do. I I am my name. Some call me Connor. Uh, do I say my whole name? Yeah, my name like, is whatever you want. Connor Rutherford Cornelius <laughs> uh, McDonald's. Most of those names were fake, or were they? I I won't tell. I uh, I am a what am I? I oh uh, I do like social media and client work for a company called the Yeti. Um, it's like a T-shirt company. Uh, in my free time and sometimes for work, I uh, I am a writer and uh, I make uh, jokes on social media um, and occasionally um, juggle for the local. No, I don't. I don't, I don't juggle <laughs> at all. Um, and the uh, the topic that I'm bringing this week is uh, is is collecting and 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 completing uh, completing things. Kind of a weird one, uh, I think. But yeah, yeah, kind of more of a bigger idea than like a specific. Yeah, yeah, not not your not, you know, some people it's like, hey, what do you want to talk about? That's maybe like a guilty pleasure. And somebody's like, oh, Riverdale, I don't want to talk about it with my coworkers, <laughs> but we have to talk about it. And then you came to me and I was like, how abstract can I get? How about <laughs> can we talk about time for a few yeah. hours or yeah. you came in to to bring the most abstract you to like set the bar of most abstract concept possible well <laughs> you know i honestly i i did i did sit down and think about it for for a while and it was kind of hard for me to pin down in any specific way just because i'm uh i i have a i have a condition vocal diarrhea so i just like i talk a lot uh and most of the time 
most of the time. I'm talking about things that I enjoy. So when it comes to things that are like guilty pleasures oh also i have no shame so like guilty pleasures <laughs> is like it's kind of like tricky to find something that i'm like oh yeah i haven't talked about this extensively in some way and then when i was uh when i was kind of talking about this with my girlfriend and just sort of running through like different uh different things she she sort of brought up uh collecting and i was like oh you know what like that is something that is like extremely extremely huge to me that i don't really like ever talk about or like discuss uh in, in any capacity we like immediately have a trap for you even with an abstract oh idea which is you must collect something what do you collect oh it the 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 better question is what don't i collect um <laughs> i i have collected many different things currently i am collecting oh a, a small a small number of things i i guess the 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 more the more recent thing is i've i've been collecting uh ps4 controllers um i know riveting connor why haven't you talked about this extensively with people well uh so yeah i've i've been trying to go through and uh find and collect uh the different the different colored controllers but i i I collect a great many things, uh comic books, uh regular books, um old D&D books. Um I collect uh miniatures for a while. I collected action figures, um video games, movies. I mean, honestly, j- just about everything that I own in some capacity was probably something I collected uh at a certain point in my life and it's uh luckily it's been pared down a bit. <laughs> into more manageable things like ps4 controllers very manageable and a a cheap hobby it's not i don't recommend it whatsoever how many of something do you have to have before it's a collection oh that's a good question like a specific number or do you just have a vibe where you're like oh now i'm in too deep so i have to call this a collection you know i i well the second i need a place to put it I feel like that's the moment when it's like, oh, I'm collecting these. Like the second that it's like, and this shelf is for, and then I'm like, ah, dang, I did it again, huh? Like this is, I guess, yeah, I guess it varies for each different thing. Um, with some stuff, I'm probably still in denial and being like, oh, I'm, I'm not collecting that. I just, I'm not collecting graphic novels. I just like to read them. But then, you know, I fill up a bookshelf and I'm like, uh, maybe. Maybe I am collecting them. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd say more than five, but less than 20. I'll keep my answers vague as well. <laughs> do you feel like you more often than not stumble into a collection? Or do you, are there moments where you've gone into something and be like, all right, I'm, I, like, this is a thing I want to complete or have a full set of or um, something like that? more often than not i actually do kind of stumble into it and and this is this is sort of this is sort of like the biggest thing for like my idea of collecting because i you know as as odd as it sounds to say like oh collecting is my guilty my guilty pleasure i i do think that like you know the majority of people do collect something like everybody's like interested in something and whether or not you actively think that you are collecting something like you have collections right you might not call them that all the time but you you like oh i really like fantasy novels would you go as far as to say that all the fantasy novels you own are like a collection of them maybe not but like you know to a certain extent if if you've got more than five and perhaps less than 20 like it's probably (laughs) a collection um but i i think a lot of a lot of the things that i've ended up collecting over the years all do come from like almost like an accidental place i was just telling the story the other day about i i I collect i am still actively collecting i should say um video game strategy guides um it's something that i've been fascinated in since i was very young but i started collecting them because it was like this area of like information that i could get And, and i mean there's the simple answer of like well yeah like if you get a video game strategy guide it's just gonna help you figure out the game like of course but a lot of uh, a lot of older strategy guides also just had like weird sections of like trivia or like just information that isn't like inherently in the game and like not like specifically like written down anywhere so it kind of became this mix of like yeah for some games I, I think like initially when the the quote-unquote collection started it was you know like I I never knew how to beat um I never knew how to beat uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina, uh, or not Ocarina, sorry, uh, Oracle of Ages, uh, which was like the Game Boy Color game. It's like the first Zelda game.
game I ever played. And I just didn't know how to solve a puzzle. And then one day in school, somebody was like, oh, here, look at the strategy guide, find the puzzle. And I was like, oh, you can just like do that? Like, that's crazy. And then I was like looking at all of like this art that wasn't in the game and all of like these little descriptions of characters and stuff. And I was like, whoa, I need to get this. Like, this is crazy. This is giving me so much more. You know, and then several hundred dollars later, I'm like, oh, well... And I could probably just look it up online instead. That'd be fine. But yeah, I, I think more often than not, it is just kind of like an accidental, like I, I get one or two things because I'm interested in it. And then I'll be looking at new shelf space and being like, oh, I guess I'm into this. I guess I'm going to spend <laughs> hours of my time on eBay just like combing through and looking for deals. Do you think that the is is the search the bigger part of it? Versus, you know, do you, do you feel more satisfaction, I guess, when you are searching for something or maybe the moment when you find it as you're searching or when you actually have it in your collection? I think it's a little bit of B and a little bit of C. I, I think mm -hmm. like actually finding something that you've been actively looking for is like there is some sort of high to that where you're just like, oh, yes, here it is. Yeah. I've got it. But also like that that moment when like you can see it and it's like in your hands and you're like and i'm going to put you right here like that's an that's another great point where it's like i i feel like i feel like that weird like the i feel like the collector from like the marvel movies where i'm just like yes and it has this beautiful place and i'm going to hire aliens to polish it and it's going to be great <laughs> Um, there was something when I, I used to work at a, a, a bookstore, Half Price Books, and we have, uh, or we had, I guess, um, an internal like system, like, I, you know, most stores would have this just like, here's the running inventory. And it was like, it was the best worst part about that job because anything that I could think of that could be <laughs> sold at that store, I was like, well, I it couldn't hurt to just look it up. And then I would see it and be like, oh, I'm going to order that on lunch. Like, I'm going to get like, and I mean, like, that was anything like obscure Muppet CDs that I was like, I can't find these. I, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Like, I, I bought strategy guides, graphic novels, like all kinds of things. But like, sometimes you do get nervous, like even even being like, yeah, like I, I found it and I feel like really good that like I have it. But then it's just like, every day like checking your email and like checking fedex tracking and being like but is it gonna get here like is it a real thing that i can like tangibly like look through and like maybe even show off or like i, I don't know it's and i think even to that there's something about there's something about it that i think like speaks to like retail therapy um kind of a, a lot that's and and maybe that's where some of this started is is just kind of this idea of like oh i'm gonna buy something that like i'm interested in or something that like i just kind of want and then you know the next paycheck rolls around and you're like hey i really liked that what if i got another one of those things and then you know a year later you're like oh i I should probably pare this down because it's taking up a wall in my house. And I don't know. I don't know that that's the best idea, but I was going to say, if, if a collection is, is more than five, but less than 20, what does 21 make something? Uh, a habit, uh, a, an unfortunate <laughs> drain on the bank account. There's, and, and you know, it, it is interesting because like thinking about it, like I was joking earlier, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I collect graphic novels and stuff, but like, there are like facets of it that are like, oh, well, I like need like this run of Spider-Man. Like, I really want to get that one. But like, then there's other things where I am just like, take it or leave it. Like I could buy, you know, like a random book and be like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then like a month later, be like, ah, I'm going to sell it. That's okay. And I think that's, that's changed a lot. As I've gotten older, mostly due to like space uh, and and being like, hey, I can't physically have like almost a thousand movies like that's <laughs> way too many and kind of like pairing uh, pairing it down. I don't think there is a I don't think there's a collection that I have currently that hasn't been like severely severely pared down in the last couple of years which was more self-control than anything else and being like hey let's not do this as much um there are bills to pay but also just to kind of hone it in because i, I think when you get into that idea of like oh i want all of i don't know like i want all of like D, D miniatures like that's a big one 
Uh, it's like, oh, like I'm going to buy like a whole bunch of these. And then you get like a lot of doubles and you don't really want to get rid of all the doubles because you're like, well, what if I like need them for like a game or something? <laughs> and then you're running out of space and you're like, okay, well, maybe I should stop buying them for now, but maybe I should also like get rid of some of this and like be a little bit smarter about how I'm doing these things. Miniature sure seems like it would be a safe one, right? Because they're small. You can have lots <laughs> I mean, you say that I'm looking at a box of them right now, just kind of like sitting on like a new cabinet that I, I procured the other day. I was gonna say, yeah, then you have to have the tough question of how many goblins do you really need in your life? No, I've, I've had that. I've had that question like in my head for the longest time of like, how many dragons do I really need? Like, even if I'm running a game, like, do I need seven red dragons? Like, probably not. And then I think about selling them and I'm like, that's too much work. And so I just put them away again. I'm curious because some of these things that you've mentioned, like mm-hmm. graphic novels or comics or movies, how do you decide you've completed something? Because those they're kind of like blurry, you know, in terms of like the amount of the collection. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that comes to like, me being like, hey, you know what? What if I pared this down a little bit? Because like, <laughs> there's kind of a vague, like, quote unquote, completed status here. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, what if I didn't go that hard? And I-, I think a lot of it just comes down to in those areas, like specifically like what I'm actually interested in with like movies going back to like when I worked at this bookstore, you know, having an employee discount and having like a clearance bin where I could get DVDs for 50 cents a piece. <laughs> it just hit a point where I was like, oh, yeah, like. Like I've, it would be stupid not to buy 20 movies this week. <laughs> and then it hit a point where it was like, you know, if I started watching these today, I don't think I could finish by the end of the year. And I haven't watched any of these movies I've bought. So, you know what? I'm just going to trim it back. And so then, it, yeah, it, I started thinking about like, what would I like repeatedly come back to? Like what graphic novels have I read and like just to throw out an example like Old Man Logan is a graphic novel I will never get rid of it's like I could read it every day and not get bored with it but like yeah like there's a couple of series where it was like oh I'm really into this run of Daredevil and I'll buy one or two of them and then like the artist will change or something like that and I'm like yeah it's okay if I don't keep buying it it's actually okay if I get rid of this now like I'm I'm all set with it but it is it is a dangerous line. Like it's at least it was hard for me to like start to make those calls sometimes because it just does become like habit forming in a sense to be like, oh, well, like I don't own this like random PS2 game like and it's only four dollars. Like, yeah, like who doesn't like collecting old games? This is great. And then, you know, you buy your hundredth one and you're like, oh, what's the math on that? If I times this by, oh yeah. And I'm not playing any of these. Maybe I shouldn't collect PS2 games. Like that's kind <laughs> of, that's kind of odd. But yeah, it's a lot of it has to be self-imposed if there isn't like a, a small checklist of like, okay, there's only seven of these. And once I get all seven, that's the end. I have to be like careful. I have to be conscious of like the things that I'm, I'm into and spending money on because it is, it is far too easy for me to just be like, ah, I'll buy more of them. Like, that's mm-hmm. fine. And then the recurring problem of being like, oh, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and it's that dangerous pitfall where it's like, oh, now I guess I'm into this. And then you sit back and you're like, I I don't actually know if I am, but now I have like 20 of them and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. And, and that, that like, that extends into, I think I, I was saying earlier about like, you know, you don't think you're collecting something, you just have a lot of something. And at a certain point, like th- those are the more dangerous times. This may be slightly embarrassing, but as I mentioned before, I don't feel shame. Um, <laughs> I've gotten like into Yu-Gi-Oh several times throughout my life, like gotten into it fallen out of it but every time i've done it i've been like i have to buy a bunch of new cards and like remake this like sweet fiend deck that i've got and like battle my friends and like when i'm doing that i'm not thinking about it in the broader picture of like hey in three weeks you're probably gonna stop playing Yu Gi Oh again (laughs) and i'm just like oh i have to like 
buy cards because I well I need the cards to like keep playing the game and like if I don't get the cards then I'm not gonna build a new deck so you go out and you buy more and you buy like the things you don't have and you buy multiples and stuff like that and I think every time I've come to that same realization where I'm like ah oh, damn it I bought Yu-Gi-Oh cards again like no like <laughs> oh man I've gotten out so many times and then I just came right back in like shit like oh no I'm in one of those phases right now, and I may sound self-aware. I'm not at the end of that three-week period. It's going to check back in with me in a month, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I should have listened to myself and been like, "Uh, I don't need more Yu-Gi-Oh packs, but here we are. This is our our first episode that's going to turn into an intervention to get you to stop buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You know, funny enough, a friend of mine got into Yu-Gi-Oh card collecting the last time that I got into it, like uh, just about two years ago. And it's funny because now when a small group of us are like, all right, we'll start playing Yu-Gi-Oh again. She just like gave us her collection and she was like, take them. I can't, I'm not doing it again. I'm not spending more money on it. Take it, whatever cards you want, sell them for all I care. I cannot do it again. And I think that was the moment where I was like, man, she only got into Yu-Gi-Oh once and she got out of the game. This is like my sixth time. Like, how did you do it? Like, dang, the self-control is through the roof. Teach me. Well, and it's a curse that she passed on to you, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of want some kind of like a heist movie now, like a geek heist movie about stealing a, what is it, Blue Eyes White Dragon? or something like you you all get, you get back into Yu-Gi-Oh one more time to get that yeah. card <laughs> you say that but i mean like if you if you literally made like oceans 11 but like instead of money it was like we're gonna go get magic the gathering cards like you'd be pretty it's not really what they're stealing you like if that's the right cast like i'll watch i'll watch uh george clooney steal just about anything he could yeah. uh, hey what's up it's oceans 18 he's like all right i'm getting the band back together i've got to get like a ton of baby formula and i'd be like hell yeah danny ocean let's go what are we how, what are we breaking into this time walmart let's do it i'm all about this it's the highest security target in the united states walmart yeah walmart hq yeah it's him dropping down from the ceiling and like some greeter is just like looking around like i think i hear do i hear it no never mind sweating i want to see this movie now we can never release this episode because we have to go write this pitch and go to Hollywood and we're all going to make Find millions George of dollars. Yeah. You know, the more I think about it, though, I think I'm just vaguely describing like what Chuck is. So oh, I'm not. No, you are. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, it's not really what Chuck's about, but it's like just close enough where it's like, eh. you know what, though, if we put Zachary Levi in it. I'm even more there. That sounds <laughs> yeah, great. Exactly. Do you have a collection that you are sort of most proud of finishing? Oh, man. Um, the really sad answer is no, because I, I don't think I've ever finished a collection of anything. Most of the stuff that I'm into are these these either like really like abstract things like oh collecting like D&D novels or something like that where like sure there's a finite amount but like that amount is still exceedingly large or like Mm -hmm. um even comic books it's like i pared down the comic books i used to collect and now it's like the only thing that i would actively buy for comic books is just spider-man i i've been buying spider-man comics since i was a kid but i mean i have no illusions that i'll ever complete spider-man in my lifetime like some of those (laughs) comics are worth thousands of dollars like um but yeah i don't know i out of everything that i've like tried to collect i think too much of it was just like yeah, this is like really big and like I've never like completed a collection. Either that or I'm just forgetting and I'm giving you the worst answer imaginable. <laughs> I'm sure there's something that I'm like, I'm going to be thinking about this in a day and be like, oh no, you got all three of the special editions of Lord of the Rings. Like wh- like eight years ago, you idiot. Like that was great. I did buy those and I am happy about those. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know that that's my definitive answer there. Right. So similar question, but from a different angle, what uh-huh. what collection do you have or piece in a collection that you would never pare down, that you would never get rid of? Do you have Ooh. something that's like the most, the deepest emotional connection to or the thing that you're most proud of finally finding? Uh, that's a really good question that I should have been prepared for. <laughs> and 
I'm not stalling for time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, you know, it would, pro- I would probably have to say, um, I'd probably have to say my Spider-Man collection or e- either that, or I have a couple of like smaller, very specific runs of comic books. I have all of a specific set of uh, new X-Men comics from like almost 20 years ago now, um, which were like the first comic books I ever bought. And it was like some of the first like stories that I was ever super into. Um, And I only went back and like completed this run like a couple of years ago. And I mean, it's like issue like 53 up until like a hundred and something like it's in the middle of the run like i don't have like from one to like the end but it's like a very specific like arc that was written by uh grant morrison and like going through and like actually getting all of them it was like there was like something special about that moment of being like oh my god like this is one of the things that started it all and i i i have them all they're all right here and yeah it it's kind of crazy i i think like sort of related and it might be a stretch but stay with me here is i've always kind of been fascinated by like completing games like 100%ing games and it, it, i think it is that idea of like finishing something like a hundred percent being like I accomplished this entire thing because with a lot of the things I collect, like I said, like, you know, I'm probably not going to finish getting all of Spider-Man. I'm, you know, if I get every D and D mini, like that'd be pretty wild, but I'm not <laughs> banking on it, but it's like, you know, but if I sit down and like spend time and like, I-, I joked about this earlier, but if I sit down and I'm like, Oh, I finished kingdom hearts and I did everything in it. It's like, that's, that's something to me as well, you know, of being like, I, I enjoyed like this thing enough that I like sat down and did like everything that this game had to offer. And I mean, I've done that for some games that I do regret, but you know, more often than <laughs> not, it's like, it is like a labor of love of being like, I want to do everything that's, that's possible here. I want to like definitively say, I know this inside and out, which like I don't have with a lot of my collections because it's like, I might, I might know a lot about like, you know, the, the movies that I have bought or whatever, but it's like, I, I, I don't have every movie ever made or anything like i don't even have all the marvel movies like you know like (laughs) some of those are still expensive but yeah i don't know it's it's tricky all of this collecting stuff is very tricky it's Mm -hmm. it's is it too vague have i ruined like the i'm so sorry (laughs) it's funny because i think there is definitely something i mean i think i can relate to it but i'm sure a lot of people can that feeling of like here's a moment in time that you've basically captured physically with objects yeah you know you mentioned those comics and and not only is it just like okay cool you have this run of comics but it you know there is a significance to that outside of just like stuff yeah and i i I mean i when i was going through the list of like things that like i have collected earlier like i there's a lot of things that i don't collect anymore i mentioned like i used to collect action figures and like i don't do that anymore mainly because it's too expensive the secondary thing being like even if you take them out of the package which i never did it's (laughs) just like they take up way too much space space and like i can't have a thousand action figures like lining my desk uh that would be crazy um it's not crazy if you're doing it i do apologize but uh uh, you know like that that comes from a place of like my my dad collected um action figures and i I think i get a lot of that kind of collecting mentality from my dad because he uh he collected comic books i mean you know growing up like through the golden age like who didn't grab a couple of comic books in that time but there was always like these weird eccentric things that he collected um growing up and like something about it fascinated me like he would go through and get like just like toys like all kinds of like and i mean like really all kinds like he collected entire like sets of like burger king and mcdonald's toys that like were really hard to find like he went through and like if a a movie came out for like like uh when men in black came out they had like a a small limited run of like maybe like a dozen action figures based on the movie and like he got all of those like he had like complete sets of like star trek action figures and like next generation action figures and stuff like that he to this day still collects like pens like just any kind of pen he has like tubs of them i mean like the the last time i checked in i think he had like like thousands like he was over like five thousand like different kinds of pens or something like that and like that kind of thing always intrigued me like you know being a kid and having like seeing your dad like pull out his 
pen bin. It was like, what is this? Like, what am I, what am I looking at here? And, you know, like a, a lot of the stuff I got into was just kind of being like, you know, when I was younger and income was disposable, I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy like action figures and stuff. Like, I, I like these. These are cool. But then, you know, as I get older, like it, it does hone in a bit more and I'm like, yeah, like those are cool, but like, let me get let me at least get into something that I'm going to like use or like, you know, at least like I can put on a wall or something like that, you know, something that's not going to be detrimental in like every aspect of owning it. <laughs> yeah, a little more practical in those choices. Yeah, yeah. I think I have been a little more practical um, like over the years, like it, within the last few years, I, I mentioned I started collecting um, like D&D books um, or D&D uh, like manuals, which is like there's a couple of different things to that just because it's like, you know, there, there is some that it's like I have like I, I want to say like a 1983, like I have the red box of D&D like that iconic, like there's the fighter with like the dragon right in front of him. It's like, yeah, it's like that's D&D. Like even people that yeah. don't know D&D, like you show them that and they're like, oh, OK cool it's like some of that stuff is just like i you know i'm not gonna open that box and like play with the things inside of it like i wouldn't dream of it but like it feels really awesome to do that but then like the other manuals and stuff like a lot of old D was like really written out i wouldn't say that it's well written some of it is a little weird <laughs> but like there there is a lot of like lore there's a lot of like history and that kind of stuff fascinates me too just um you know not even from like a D standpoint but just from like a world building or a writing standpoint like there's so many ideas that have been like condensed down into these books in the last like 30 40 years and like going and finding something that was like a monster manual from like second edition is super cool because it's like oh man i haven't even like heard of these monsters before and it's got like two pages all about like the physiology of this thing like this is just like endlessly fascinating to me i know some people it's like well that doesn't sound cool at all but like it i don't know like that that kind of stuff like i really get excited about it and i'm like this is even if i never like play advanced dungeons and dragons like the mechanical aspect of this i'm never going to use but like at a certain point it does become just like a regular book to me where i'm like but i can read it and like know what happened maybe that's the wrong way of saying it but like you know i i can say like oh i let me try and adapt like this monster or like the next time we play D D, or like let me write about this thing or something like that like there's something to like that specific thing that it's like it's it's useful to me in in other ways other than just like nostalgic or like you know like there's some uh strategy guides i used to i used to have a, a whole lot of strategy guides but i i paired those downs to ones that i'm like these are games that like i remember like super fondly and i can i can look back through and be like oh like i remember playing this game and like yeah this part was crazy like this this art is like super cool like it is just fun to like s sit down and turn through but you know i could get rid of a bunch of those where it's like hey i don't really think i need the strategy guide to a bunch of like racing games anymore like <laughs> I don't even know why they made strategy guides for old racing games. It was not that complex, but it's just two pages. It, it was just, just two pages. Cargo fast. Yeah, it was like X is go, and then the second page was like, "Thank you for spending fifteen dollars." I have a thought, mm -hmm. but it's like not. It's halfway there. So, Anne, if you have something, go ahead. Oh boy, no, I'm on the spot. Uh <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've brought like the weirdest, like the <laughs> no. weirdest like thing to try and be like. So tell us more about this. <laughs> no, I cool. think I think honest, I, See, I'm thinking because I'm. I, I think I would probably describe myself more as a hoarder than a collector. I'm not, I'm not sure that, I, <laughs> I'm not a fine sure that line. my collections are. Yeah, I'm not sure my collections are focused enough or current enough that I can differentiate that from just keeping things that I really should have gotten rid of. Mm -hmm. But. I wonder whether um, there's something, I mean, you said that your dad also collects, so maybe this is wrong, but I, I do feel like when I was growing up and when I, even when I was a little older and still now, that there was this sort of cultural pressure to collect things and to be a completionist, that it wasn't just like, you know, people used to get baseball cards and they'd keep buying gum to get the baseball cards they wanted. Yeah. And that was kind of like that. Or you'd save wrappers and you'd mail away for something. But I do think that, especially in the 80s and the 90s, that there was this real intense push of collecting as some way of defining your self-worth, that like you needed to complete the set, that there was 
was an urgency to it. And I wonder how much that sort of influenced a lot of people in, in our sort of vague generation. Oh, I think totally. I mean, like if, if we I mean, we joked about Yu-Gi-Oh! But if you think about it, like the majority of things like that we had as like kids, like things that became like cultural, like Pokemon like collecting is the name of the game like not even just in the game itself but like pokemon cards like any kind of card game like the idea was like well you're gonna have to go out and buy a bunch of them right so like even without meaning to even if you were purely playing it for like the sake of playing the game you were still collecting all those cards like you would go out and like i I remember being a kid and watching like any given like cartoon channel um and it would always be like oh if you get like all four of this action figure like each one has a secret thing that makes a fifth action figure and it's like yeah it's it's i mean like it's a pretty devious but genius like marketing strategy for kids Mm -hmm. but like yeah it like it totally makes you be like well i need more i need all of them to be happy (laughs) you know it's like it's like oh yeah i have like a thousand pokemon cards but i don't have Charizard and if I could just get my hands on Charizard (laughs) I would be happy I would feel good about that and I think and like to sort of like bring it back into that like the retail therapy angle I brought back in like I I think for me that was a lot of it you know is it sort of became this like you know coping mechanism almost in a way to be like I'm gonna focus it in and say that I'm collecting you know whatever I'm collecting this month and be like okay like cool and like the more of this that I get the better I will feel and being able to go back and like pare down some of these collections and be like no no no, I'm just gonna focus on things that like actually make me happy like it's been better in the long run uh instead of just like you know blowing through the money and being like oh well now i have a thousand pokemon cards but like (laughs) who even played the pokemon trading card game like no one did like (laughs) no one did yeah you got all the energy cards and you gave them to your brother you're like i don't just take them i don't care about this a trainer card get out of here i want the charizard i need the charizard card these are useless to me these are useless and it looks cool but like whatever who even cares i think that was the the brilliance of the marketing shift from the 80s to the 90s was you know the 80s used the story to sell the toys and by the 90s they figured out what if the toys were the story so like you need functionally you need more pokemon cards to be better at the pokemon game or at magic the gathering like you can play anyway because there's some strategy involved but you are benefited directly by increasing your collection and buying more of the thing which is weirdly diabolical yeah or i mean like transformers right perfect example of like oh like this is a toy that we made a show out of like check it out do you like the way that that like big gorilla turns into like a space gun or whatever like we'll go out and buy it like you can have a gorilla space gun in your own home isn't that great and you're like yeah it is great i do want a gorilla space gun that sounds fucking tight like but yeah it's it's collecting's collecting's weird because you know like i said earlier like and, and we've talked about a couple of times like i don't think that a lot of people consider like oh, I'm collecting this specific thing. But like, unless you're living like a minimalist lifestyle, like there is something like everybody has something, whether it's like, oh, I just like grabbing pins. I like pins because of the way they look and I can put them on my jacket and it looks awesome. Or like, oh, I really like this specific kind of art. Like I'm going to get that and like put it on my wall. Like once you hit that certain point of like having more than a couple of something and like you're actively looking for more, you're collecting. Like, whether or not, like, you really know it, it is just something where you're like, oh, I've, I've played every Assassin's Creed game. Like, do you still own them? I, I guess you're, you've kind of got, like, that collection, right? Like, maybe that one's a bit more of a stretch, but, like, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I think some people are hyper aware of it, and that's where you get, like, the comic book collecting shows or, like, toy hunting shows and stuff like that. But then you get the people that are just like, oh, I just, I just really like fantasy novels and I I buy a bunch of them and like yeah I haven't read all of them or like I haven't read them multiple times but like oh it's nice to like walk in here and see like a couple of bookshelves of just like cool fantasy novels and like that's fine that's that's okay because I mean like at the end of the day like that's that's it right it's just like whatever makes you happy like whatever whatever you can look at and be like ooh I'm smiling about this thing as all sane people say 
out loud when they look <laughs> at things they own. Ah, I'm smiling about this thing. <laughs> Does any normal, well-adjusted person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Everybody, regularly. every human on Earth. <laughs> that has totally lived here the entire time, we'll say. Have you, this is kind of shifting gears uh, sure. quickly, but I've been thinking about it. Do you have like a white whale of like, there's something that you've tried to get for so long and you just can't find it or you like keep missing the eBay auction or whatever? So, you know, it's, I can actually, I can answer a previous question and tie this one in at the same time, uh, because I actually caught my white whale a couple of years ago. And I, I think a lot of it kicked off, like realizing that I was buying too much and being like, Oh, let me like trim it all down. Ever since I was a kid, one of the things that got me really into collecting strategy guides, which has always secretly been like my favorite, I have wanted and looked for the strategy guide for Digimon World One for the PS1. I remember playing it at a friend's house. I mean, if you're not familiar with Digimon, it's just insane garbage. Like, it's not going to make any sense (laughs) to you. Um, But like, it was it was a hard game. It was like so so hard because it was like it was like Pokemon meets Tamagotchi, right? Where it's like they level up, but like only if you do the perfect thing. Uh, Oh, and you didn't do it perfectly. They just died. Like, oops, try again. And so like, I remember a friend showing me the strategy guide and me being like, oh. Oh, it, this is great. It just tells you how to get the good things. It like tells you <laughs> like how to not let them die. Like this is great. And I mean like I was in fourth grade at the time, which I don't even want to think about how many years ago that was. But <laughs> it, it was just like impossible as a young kid to like find this strategy guide, you know, because like it wasn't even a common thing, you know, like some video games like I mean, back in the day, like sure, if you told your parents, maybe they could find them. But like being like, no, 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 not the game. I need the book that explains how to play the game perfectly. Like it, it just wasn't going to happen. And so like, over over the years, I would like look for it here and there, like on and off. And unfortunately for me, it became like a really rare strategy guide. And so anytime I would see it, it would be like a hundred dollars, like eighty dollars. And I was like, I can't, I can't spend like this much money on like nostalgia at this point. Like I'm not gonna play Digimon World One again. I just like I want to have it. And then when I was working uh, at the bookstore. Uh, when I used to just look up random things and be like, oh, I wonder if anybody has this. One day it like popped back into my head and I was like, oh man, wouldn't it be funny if like somebody like had sold this book to one of our stores and I looked it up and it was like a listing from that day that like somebody had just put into the system and I was like, I need to go on break right now. I need to get my credit (laughs) card. Like this is coming home with me. And I like, that was like a whole day of my life. When that like came in the mail, that was like, I just kind of sat there and like read it cover to cover. Like, I mean, half of it was irrelevant information <laughs> that I didn't need to read. You know, it's just like, make Agumon punch the punching bag 30 times and then he'll turn into this. It was just like nonsense. But I was sitting there just like going through memory lane and being like, oh man, yeah, like I remember this, like this guy was so hard. Oh my God, I didn't know like this is how you did that. Like, and then like, that was like just this moment of me sitting there and being like, oh man, what do I chase now? Cause like that was the big thing for a long time. And I mean, now it's, it's so much easier. I mean, like, you know, that was a couple of years ago, but it's, it's pretty easy to find even really, like really obscure things nowadays. And like, it's kind of taken like a little bit of the hunt out of some of this. Um, just yeah. because like, you know, whatever you're looking for, like, I mean, price is still an option, uh, you know, like a, a, a stopping factor. But like, I remember talking to this guy when I was working at the bookstore where he was like, Hey, I'm looking for like this specific like mystery novel, like an old, old mystery novel. And he was like, I couldn't find it on the shelf. And I was like, well, yeah, let me like help you look for it. Cause I was a really good employee if anybody is no I'm just kidding and I like helped him look for I like looked in the back like and and I was like no it doesn't look like we have it I was like do you want me to like look it up and see if any other stores have it and he was like no and I was like, are you, are you sure? It took me like two seconds. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's like, if I wanted to look it up, he's like, I just would have looked it up at home. I would have bought it on Amazon. And he's like, it's it's more fun to go out and like go th- like spend a weekend just like driving to different bookstores and like seeing if it's there because it feels so much better to be like, wait, what is that on the shelf? And like pull it off the shelf. And I think that was like, that was like roughly around the time that I had found this strategy guide. And like, it just really resonated with me of like, oh man, yeah, like I I just kind of like, 
buy the things that I want for like collections and I don't really like have to hunt for it anymore. Like it, it is just so easy. And so for like a lot of things like different graphic novels, pr- pretty much anything in like book form, I just don't look them up anymore. I just, I, I go to different bookstores and just kind of make it like a small experience of like, yeah, maybe they'll have it. Maybe they'll have like this obscure random thing that I'm still like sort of looking for. And like sometimes, uh, sometimes they do. And like, I've found a couple of different things. And I'm like, oh, crazy. Like this, they did have this weird book. And they're like, it always makes it way better than just being like, all right, let me pull up and Amazon, $12, Prime now, yeah, it's mine, it'll be here <laughs> Saturday, like, this is great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did dunk on collecting earlier, but obviously, if I <laughs> if I have collections, I, I do understand, and I, I think that, like, looking for things, everything's become very ephemeral now, like, almost too easy. You can pretty much get anything you want fairly easily. You don't have to even go into such dark corners of the internet as you used to to find things anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, let alone, you know, having to go to antique malls and fairs and, you know, try and find something out of the back of somebody's car sure. to be able to find something really rare and unusual. But I, I do wonder whether collecting has... um especially now a deeper connection for people because it really is about having a physical object that connects you to an ephemeral idea Mm -hmm. which is something that we have much less often i mean even movies you don't normally own anymore a lot of people only have digital copies of films yeah or an e-reader with all of their books on it so you don't have that feeling of of accomplishment is different you're speaking directly to like every problem that i have had in like the last (laughs) couple of years because i mean like seriously like with a lot of movies it's I mean, I, I think with, with any kind of system, it's it's tricky because I don't think there's any perfect digital solution for anything right now. Um, no, no. Right? Like, it, it, I mean, like, even Spotify, you're like, oh, well, it's just like music. It's there. But like, there are small things with Spotify where it's like, yeah, but they don't have this version of this song. Like, go ahead and look up like Country Roads by John Denver. Like, there's four different versions and none of them are the version that you want to hear. Like, yep. <laughs> it, it's tricky. But, but then like, it does it does become like with with video games it's like i you know like i i was looking at some sale today and it was like oh here's like the digital ps4 version of like the ratchet and clank collection and it's like oh but i already own that on the ps3 and i think i have the ps2 version and some part of me was like yeah but you could have it on the ps4 and i was like eh, eh. No, I think I'm all set. But it's <laughs> it's hard just because it's like for something like that, for something like just owning, like outside of the idea of collecting, it starts to become this like, okay, but like where do I own it? Like if you want a digital movie, it's yeah. like, okay, are you going to get it through iTunes? Are you going to like scratch off like that weird ultraviolet code that comes in DVDs <laughs> now? Like, and I, I mean, I struggle with books even still where it's like, you know, I, I still like feeling a book in my hands, but like whenever I go on a trip or if I'm just feeling lazy, I'm like, ah, but like, what if I did just own it digitally? You know, like what does that like rob me of something? Is it like better? Is Kindle still going to exist in 10 years or is all of this just like worthless money? I mean, I do use my Kindle exclusively for manga now, which is like, I've found one of the better ways to use a Kindle um, and (laughs) to collect manga because there's a lot of it. There is a whole lot. As somebody that once collected and did have a full collection of Naruto, let me tell (laughs) you... Oh, no. <laughs> There's a lot of volumes out there. Yeah, I was gonna say you could, you could basically entomb yourself solely yeah, in Naruto yeah. volumes. You gotta have English and Japanese, right? Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> I I moved twice with that collection, and after that, that was one of the that was one of the first things when I was like, "Hey, what if I pared down collections?" I like stared that Naruto pile dead in the eye, and I was like, <laughs> "You're done, dude. You're gone. I can't. I can't have you anymore." It was an ungodly large pile too. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's hard with like the the new mediums and stuff. I think it, I think it kind of drives up that idea of like antique stores and stuff like that. I mean, if you're collecting mm-hmm. antiques and things like that, but it also hurts those things too cuz the last few times that I've been to like big like flea markets or like garage sales or stuff like that, because of the fact that you can just look up anything, it's at least for me, it's kind of killed like going to these things. I used to really, really enjoy like driving around on like a Saturday morning and being like, oh, let me like just find some yard sales. Like there's always like really cool stuff at like a yard sale, like something that I probably don't need, but it's like 
two dollars and like it looks cool like whatever (laughs) but almost every time i've done it in the last like couple of years it's like you'll show up and you'll be like oh man they have a couple of n64 games and then you'll be like oh man how much for like this one And they'll be like fifty dollars and you're like what are you talking about like this is a garage sale like don't you want to get rid of it like what's up and it's there was one that i specifically went to a big flea market that happens uh i live in austin and and it happens like once or twice a year and i went there and somebody just had like a whole like gaming table like it was all just like old retro games but i mean like it was just like a store it was just like Mm. all of his prices and everything it was just like ah but this is just like store price like there's there's no fun in it anymore you know it's like that same day i like bought like a acoustic guitar from a lady for 15 dollars, and i was like yeah this is (laughs) awesome this is great and then like i walk over to this booth and the guy's like yeah do you want to buy a super nintendo it's 80 dollars, and i was like no dude i'm not spending 80 dollars on a super nintendo like 20 bucks like come on it's i don't know it it makes it like it, it's it's funny to think that like that kind of like search like that kind of like searching for collectibles or like just interesting things has like also weirdly started to die like with like the rise of that ease of access like you can get it anywhere and like that means the price is like universal on all this stuff but it, i guess it does drive up like this small like like the bookstore I worked at, like we didn't really make too many bones about like, yeah, it's an old book, but like, yeah, it would still be like four bucks. Like, yeah, whatever. Like somebody will get a kick out of that. Like it, it, it makes those places a little bit better because they're letting you just shop for nostalgia and not necessarily like, oh, this book is worth how much on Amazon? Well, <laughs> it's now 40 doubloons. That's right. We only take doubloons here. It's Walmart. <laughs> Walmart only takes doubloons now is the is the weird thing about it. I don't know if you guys read that. Is that the new Bitcoin? Yeah, doubloons. Yeah. There's some pirate enthusiast out there just like spending every dime they have, just like I'm gonna get every doubloon. It's spelled like D A B L O O N, like doubloons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Orlando Bloom is the creator of it. <laughs> What is he up to these days? I'm sorry. That's that, that, that's a different conversation. <laughs> pivot. Join us next time where my guilty pleasure is Orlando Bloom and what he's been up to. No, it's it's funny you bring that up though because I think it's definitely Orlando the whole Bloom? idea of collecting not Orlando Bloom. <laughs> this but this this concept of of it as an experience because I mean just last weekend I went to a bookstore and I basically walked in and I was like I have no idea what I'm looking for except for the one thing I am absolutely here for. I'm going to spend too much money today. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And just seeing like oh they have this, oh they have this and it's and yeah, it's I could have just easily bought all those things on Amazon, but I also could just buy them and like hold them and be like, I have them now. Um, and it's an entirely different, it's weird that that, na- that has become sort of a cherished thing. Whereas yeah. before it was just like, oh, you have to buy things. It's like, what would you rather talk about? Like when you sit down with your friend, like after you haven't talked for like a week, would you rather say like, oh man, I went to this bookstore and like, I just didn't know what I was looking for. And then like, boom, check it out. I found a signed copy of like this Morgan Freeman book about March of the Penguins. Like <laughs> that's a way better conversation than like I picked up a I think Morgan Freeman signed this book. I got it on Amazon for like ten dollars. Like <laughs> shut up by Thursday. It was it was alright. It was fine. Which I mean like maybe maybe that's like a more riveting conversation to you and your friends. I don't know. I'm not here to judge your conversations, but you know. Yeah, I I don't think anybody wants to walk into the dungeon and have the treasure chest that's supposed to be at the end immediately appear and then have them be like okay that'll be 80 bucks to open this loot (laughs) yeah right it's like (laughs) you know it's not it's not very satisfying really you know you sort of want the you sort of want the battle because it's not it's not necessarily the thing that has meaning it's sort of the emotions that you associate with it yeah imagine starting up like the brand new fantasy rpg that like just launched and you're like oh man can't wait to spend all of my all of my time playing this game and you start it up and there's this old wizard and he's like you need to find the ancient dragon dragon sword and you're like oh hell yeah like give me that quest marker and he's like it's on the other side of the world or um you want to slip me like a clean hondo you could just have it right now like there's some people that are gonna be like yeah okay i'll go and like do menial side tasks until i like get the hondo and get the sword but then everybody else is gonna be like is that it? Imagine if you started Skyrim and it was like, you have to kill that dragon. <laughs> and then one of the dudes turned and he was like, 
Or, or my man, check this out. You give me $40. Uh, we all just forget about the dragon. You won the game. How's that sound? I guess I just described pay to win models in video games. So, and I'm pretty sure that's a lucrative market. So, as ridiculous as it sounds, I think it works. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's that, that kind of experience is, I don't know. It's, it's, it is it is kind of sad that it's like it's sort of becoming harder and harder to find. But at, at the same time, I think as like retro like becomes more and more like what the general like population like kind of wants, like I, I think it's going to start to kind of swing back and you're start you're going to start to get like these these stores again that are just like, hey, like come in and like, yeah, most of it's junk. But like maybe there's good stuff in here. Like, I don't know, whatever. Just because like I, I feel like. I feel like a lot of places nowadays are just like getting better and better at like catering to what people want. Like, you know, like you can point to any kind of like weird like room service, not not like room service, but I mean like um like you guys had an episode about uh about escape rooms. Like that's like a very like, "Hey, do you guys like solving puzzles? Do you want to do that for like an hour?" Like, and you're like, yeah, I, that that sounds pretty cool. It's like you got something like that. You've got I don't know if you guys have heard about rage rooms. This is a thing that I just found no, out about. No. You pay a set amount of money, and they have just a room, uh, and you put on like uh, you put on like an outfit, and they give you like a face mask, um, like a protective face mask, and then they just give you like like a big hammer or like a lead pipe and you pick like a small set of stuff and they're like, all right, yeah, just go in the back room and like, just go crazy, smash the shit out of everything and like have fun. And I, I was watching this video and I was like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> like that, that's how you mean? Like I could just show up and be like, you guys got a old PS2 and they're like, yeah, dude, give us 20 bucks. You want to go break a PS2? And I'd be like, yeah, this sounds great. Like, <laughs> Like, you're getting, like, weirder and weirder, like, things that, like, people didn't know that they wanted, but the second they see it, they're like, oh, yeah. And if we're getting, like, those fringe things, like, popular, like, I do have faith that, like, antique stores and things like that are going to be, like, around for at least a bit longer. And, you know, like, you can keep up that, like, thrill of the hunt for, like, just a tiny bit more before it gets to the point where you're just, like, sitting in your living room being like, ah, I wish I had a book about the Romanovs and then an Amazon drone knocks into your window with a book and you're like there it is thanks psychic amazon prime i'm glad that i'm glad that i pay a thousand dollars a month for this service i want peanuts too oh he already had peanuts he knew, knew i wanted them before i thought about it i'm vaguely describing the singularity which is my actual guilty pleasure no, I'm just <laughs> yeah i i can't think of anything any other questions and unless you have something what what are you still missing in that ps4 controller collection oh man Ugh, you're killing me there's <laughs> so just from the general what is available in stores right now i'm only missing uh one base color for the original set uh which is like the green camo one and then they just like recently launched like a second phase i guess of like uh, I think it's like five or six like new colors, and then there's uh, there's a couple of special edition ones that I'm missing. Uh, there's one, the one that started this whole thing was when I found out that there was a PS4 controller that just looks like a PS1 controller, and I was like, that looks really cool, and it's online for like a hundred and fifty dollars, and I was like, that seems ridiculous, and then I read an article that was like, Sony's gonna start getting rid of all their old controllers, and I was like, not on my watch, Satan, and I started <laughs> buying. Them up. <laughs> Let me just say if you want to get into collecting something, just choose something cheap, okay? For your own sanity, like like it's fun. Like if you've got the means and it makes you happy, go for it. But like, let me tell you, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, yeah, I got this game or I got this strategy guy, and then I look at it and I'm like, oh, how much did I spend on this? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> on the wall you go. Well, I think we, we wish you well on your PS4 controller quest. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just send me doubloons and I will 
easily continue <laughs> to buy them. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all of this with us and coming on. Yeah, of course. Where can people find you on like social media, projects, whatever you want to plug? This is your space. Uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm primarily on Twitter uh, at Samurai Corndog. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. That pretty much anywhere else I, I'm that Instagram. I don't really use Instagram. Um, but I guess the only other real thing I have to plug is I uh, I write uh, every week. I, I post something new. I have a website called The Dream Archive that I uh, I just throw up uh, poetry and short stories and fictional stuff. Um, there's some audio on there, things like that. Um, but yeah, check that out. I I would really appreciate. It's really hard to get people to read anything online, so like. <laughs> Check that out. But uh, yeah, I, I joke around online uh, primarily. Other than that, you can find me on the moon sometimes. I'm just chilling up there. <laughs> Pretty quiet. Got a lot of cheese. Uh, just watching Ocean's Eleven's movies. It's a good life you live, Connor. It's a it's a it's an interesting life I live. I don't know. I don't know. Good, but you know. <laughs> Well, thank you again. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me and for listening to me talk about the untalkable for a full hour. Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or write us a strategy guide so we can add it to our collection. Special thank you to Super Book Girl for their review and also to... Oh boy. <laughs> Fagubatifsev. Who definitely chose that username so that we would embarrass ourselves attempting to say it, which I have done, know that we will find you and we will hug you. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or if you didn't like the show, get back into the dark underworld of Yu-Gi-Oh! and challenge us to a duel. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. (laughs) 